BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to taste the flavoriest flavor to ever flavor? Mmm. Snapple is ridiculously flavorful. And you can uncap a Snapple real fact with every bottle. Like, cows produce more milk when they listen to music. Come on, leave the ridiculousness to Snapple. And grab one of your favorites that pack a punch. Explore all of the delicious flavors at Snapple.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Whatever you're into, with Amazon Prime, you can go deep. So if you're all about pop right now, you could watch pop documentaries on Prime Video. Discover pop playlists on Amazon Music Prime. And if you're really serious, order a rhyming dictionary with fast free shipping from Prime. From shopping to streaming to saving, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Forever. I don't know if we should start talking about YA novels in general or if we should just start talking about X-Men first. Listen, man, because... I want to say something quick about YA novels. I love these movies and these, these books, but what I realized is that you will have one of these YA books and it will be a black girl lead, but she's always in love with a white dude. And I've been Googling, <laughs> I've been Googling, there has never been a young black guy as the love interest in a YA movie. Like, I am saying that while Chubs. looking at Chubb, Chubb, Chubb. <laughs> Who loves Chubb? I mean, I guess just... everyone loves Chubbs. That's the thing. No right? one loves Chubbs. The thing is, we'll talk... You, you we'll can watch that. all these movies. Like, and there's, if there is a black dude in it, he is the Chubbs. He is the best friend he's, who is like, he's the, he's the jokester. Yeah, why man. was he swearing so much? You like, know why? why? <laughs> <laughs> Every line for no reason. <laughs> He was so I'm impressive. Just, yeah. He was so unlikable also... <laughs> <laughs> in every way. Oh, there's, my goodness. Okay, so there's Hunger Games, right? There's Maze Runner. Mm-hmm. There's Divergent Series. There's, there's Perks, of, this... uh, Perks of a Wallflower. Yo. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a YA. He's just joking. saying YA. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm I guess, saying yeah. YA. No, he's okay, like going right. to cinema history. He's I like, get it. Since I get the it. Beginning, <laughs> is that? No I films. guess that's real. Like even it in is. fantasy YA or like. Well, what I like, what I think is so yeah. funny about Darkest Minds though is like Chubbs the character knows he does not have a shot <laughs> <laughs> with Amanda. Like and Amanda like seems to automatically recognize like that's not going to be my love interest. Like it's a smart black guy <laughs> just sitting there. 
like attractive, smart, very witty, and everyone's just like, yeah, that's not gonna work. So you go ahead and just start being an asshole. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the white guy who's leading us all and and focus my time and attention on him. It was like automatic, like the movie knew. Yo, there literally is a movie with a black male lead. Okay, we reviewed it. And I just realized as I'm looking at YA uh, movies, the hate you give, this man died. Okay? The black love interest was shot. And then the white dude is the dude who gets to come to the hood and meet the family and, like, go on this journey. There's also one that I feel, I don't know if it was actually based off of a YA book, but there was another, like, alien movie with a black lead that also never got like any actually there's two there's kin which was based off a short film which i saw yeah Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) did he have a love interest one never wants to get (laughs) (laughs) i saw saw that that. (laughs) he he was too young to have a love interest right he didn't have a Mm. there wasn't like a little girl that he liked or uh yeah no he was too young but but they could have done like a my girl situation like he could have you know, there could have been someone his age that he <laughs> loved, you know. It's Paper almost as tales. if these stories are like a product of a ra- systemically racist society <laughs> or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, a, you know, I, being written by the darkest minds. John, oh God. John come on, wow. man. We got a guest, bro. We trying to get a job after this. What you doing? No, he was saying it came out of a, a racist society. It's just, it was, you know, le- leaped from the darkest Minds. But the whitest gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's how we start a show. (laughs) Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drum Milligan. What more can I say? Black men can't jump. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Quarantine City. It's a green pepper. What are you doing with a green pepper? Wait till it's red. Wait till it's red, damn it. God, you fucking you piece of shit. <laughs> why, why, was was so, why was he so angry? Was he, he was fucking pissed. Why was he so mad at my man? <laughs> Chubbs is like, y'all aren't listening to me. Yo, yo Chubbs was so mad. Oh when my Chubb, god! When Chubb is on that goddamn farm, like talking about the peppers, I was like, "Bro, why do you oh, care this much?" Chubbs? Pull it back, Chubbs! Like, pull it back. Yo, oh, his name was Chubbs, oh my god. and that was never explained. Also. They, no, they had one throwaway line. He used to be bigger. Remember? Like that no, was I it. Don't, I it was like that line when they're first somehow. in the car. Um, the lead white dude uh, talks to uh, Zoo. What's her name? Zoo. 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 The mute Asian oh, child. Oh, yes, oh, the oh, mute oh, Asian yeah. child. Zoo. Mm-hmm. Talks Man, to we Zoo, gotta talk about that too. And it goes, Zoo, you remember when he was a little bit bigger? And then she nods. And that is the only time it's been a Yes. Do we learn right. why she doesn't speak? I'm sorry, I'm not waiting not. my turn. I'm we, don't. No, we, okay. don't. we don't. We don't. Right. We don't. Uh, but I imagine sorry, no. in later books we learn. You know what I mean? Like in later, like in the sequel. I Maybe the third learn. book. Maybe the third book. <laughs> I won't learn in a later book. The third book. Um... <laughs> Wait, is this based uh, on okay, a, uh, real quick, let's just do intros. Uh, wait, did I say what my name is? No, my no. name is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> I'm Jerome Milligan, and my name is James the Third. Okay, and we have an incredible guest in 
the quarantine studio. drums to introduce. That was the worst drums I ever heard. Come on, man. Wait, man. I gave you. Come on, man. I gave you the. That's a snare drum right there. All right, everyone. We got Justin Simeon. Thank you. On the podcast, creator. 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 Writer, producer. An enemy to. Jonathan and Jarrah, apparently. <laughs> and, and, and mortal enemy. enemy. Mortal enemy. Enemy to two-thirds of the black man can't yes, 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 How are you doing, James? I'm out here. I'm chilling, you know? I feel good. <laughs> no, man, in all honesty, it is, it is, it is, this is cool. Because, again, man, you know, part of that whole Netflix family, and I think, you know, what the film did white people did. I mean, good God. Like, I had never seen Tessa Thompson until yeah. that film. Like, that... Shit came out like gangbusters, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, we're—I mean, we've uh, we've talked about this on the podcast for a long time, but we're you know huge fans of Dear White People, both the film and the show. Um, have some friends, um, Jack Moore, who I went to NYU with, uh, also a writer on the show. I would I would remember watching the show with my wife, and then <laughs> I like I forgot it was one of those episodes. It was the I think it was the episode. Um. Uh, where, um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Gets uh, uh, harassed by the cops, and like the gun gets pointed to his head. Oh, oh yeah, Reggie. Oh, yeah, Reggie, Reggie yeah. man. Yeah, and, that's real. That's real. And I see like Jack's name, and I was just like, "What's what?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, "What?" I didn't know. I just saw no his name man. This is dope, but, dude. Like um, my friend Dave had a um, bit part on it. Then what? My friends know her. I don't really know her, but Ashley um, Blaine, like um, oh yeah, people yeah, know. yeah. Uh, but also, um, it is real funny because you got Gus as the narrator, and every time I hear I will, yes, John gets Gus. mad, I say his name. <laughs> Gus will always James. Don't get mad at me, James. Gus, don't be mad again. <laughs> don't be mad at me. Just has such a unique voice, and I love that as Giancarlo's. he ages, he seems way cooler. Like. When he mm-hmm. appears, he seems like, settled. Yeah, like when he appears, like his style, everything just feels like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't I know. Am. Yeah, it's so cool to me. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, um, good old so, guys. anyway, uh, for those who, who don't know, though, <laughs> we, 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 re, uh, we review films of leading black actors on this show. Yeah. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> oh I got your back. I got your back. I don't and we, we like it. We uh black filmmakers. Uh, <laughs> To watch, <laughs> yes. Really to watch what? <laughs> yeah, we should add that to the description of the show. <laughs> we watch really interesting films and make them talk about them. We uh, watch the movies that the man won't let you know exists, so we watch uh, it so the people at home don't have to watch. Well, you so should watch it at home. Never mind. Today we're reviewing *The Darkest Minds*. It's a, it's a, it's it's based on a YA novel. Came out in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it stars, uh, Amandla, uh, is it Stenberg? Sick. Steinberg. 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 Um, mm-hmm. uh, which most people probably know from The Hate You Give. I, and, and she's just a rising star, uh, extremely incredible actress. Uh, but this movie, uh, did not do so well in theaters. Uh, it had a, let's see, $34 million budget. Uh, and it only it only made forty one million million, but like in America, I think it only made twelve million. I remember when it came out. It oh, cost thirty four million to make. Yeah, those explosions, man. Yeah, 
I tried, y'all, everyone listening at home, I tried to get them to talk about X-Men, so. <laughs> well, well, here's how, we couldn't do it because, John, you say it better. Well, like, here, Storm here, talks yeah. four times. X-Men, which is, a, and, but I, we are going to talk about X-Men because it's a great point that Justin had brought up, which is X-Men is a film, you know, also based off a comic book uh, where ostensibly mutants are being persecuted in a way that is remarkably similar to the black experience in America and the civil rights movement. And yet, out of, like, all the characters in this film, there's one black, there's essentially one black person in the movie. (laughs) Do you know what happens to a toad when it is struck by lightning? (laughs) Also, when you think about it, That's her most famous line. Our Halle Berry, an Academy Award winner, now she didn't win the Oscar until I think a year later, but it was, yeah, it was X2 next year. for the second film, right? But she was an established, <laughs> yeah, for X Men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did John know he's like a brilliant turn as yeah, Storm? Turn. <laughs> but when you think about X Men, which is so sad though, yes, like there has been talk like Professor X is MOK, you know, Malcolm X is um, Magneto. But when you think about the roster on both teams, Brotherhood. And X-Men. There are only two characters that are black that are known. Storm, who's been there since the beginning, and then Bishop, who is from the future. Like, future, far my future. man is from the future. That's the only time we see a but, black dude but then, in that world. When they made Deadpool 2. Oh, wait, was that not Bishop? No, that I guess. No, that was um Cable. I'm sorry. So I always get them cable. confused. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're both from the future, aren't they? Both yeah, from the future. They are both from the future. They both from the future. They, they both technically will work together. One's just one's black with a with a with a Jerry like curl. A Jerry curl, yeah. With a Jerry like curl. A, a Jerry curl mullet. Yeah, they updated him in the comic recently. He got a he got a fade with the sponge. So okay. his hair his hair's fly right now, but it's still just him. Like there's okay. no. Mm-hmm. They could. And he didn't even talk. He didn't even talk in the movie. Like when he was in the movie, right? Like he's in, in Days what of Future movie? Past. He's in oh, Days of yeah, Future Past. Yeah, he's in Days of Future Past for like five seconds. He doesn't talk much. You I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting that at all. We were looking through. <laughs> there have been, I think, 12 movies made based off of X-Men comic books. <laughs> 12. And, and zero of them have a black lead. The closest is Halle Berry in X2. And like, um, and then, uh, God, what's her name played in Deadpool 2? Uh uh, oh, Domino. Yeah, Domino. She, Zazie, um, she played Zazie. Zazie. Yeah, and she played and Domino. They go out of their way to kill Darwin in. He's uh, the X-Men only person. Class. Oh, they go out of their way to kill him. Yo, they're he's like, the, like, he's the only do. mutant to die in that movie. Yeah, they do. They go yeah. out of their way. But and, you know, but you know what? This is like this is so. There are so many American science fiction franchises. Planet of the Apes yep. is the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but where, like, black shit is being used as, like, flavor. X, <laughs> X, like, the thing that makes Marvel Marvel and not DC is that they infuse the, the superheroes with, like, immigrant experiences. And specifically for the X-Men, the black experience. Like, that was on purpose. Like, Malcolm mm-hmm. X and Magneto was on par- Like, this, this shit came out of the 60s. Like, yeah. this was all very much it's- on purpose. But they were like, but no one's going to read a comic book about blacks. So yeah. we have to encase it in this metaphor. Unless black is in their title. Yes. No, Black Lightning, Black Panther. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. We all got to be black. Also, this is a complete tangent, but I just watched a clip of this movie. The first Transformers 
is it's very annoying. There's one Transformer who's like a black car. Jazz. Yes. Jazz. Jazz. The only Transformer Jazz. that Megatron kills Dude. is Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and Jazz tries to like hip hop, like uh, Black Ranger, Kung Fu fight, dance fight, and he just rips them apart and just throws them. He's and the what, only one to die. <laughs> what makes me mad about Jazz and Darwin is sort of the same thing. It's like the, the, the bad guy has like, a, a retort like a witty line that they say <laughs> when they die, like when he kills darwin he goes adapt to this and then we just have to watch him suffering trying to adapt to the thing and then jazz goes you want a piece of me you want a piece of me and then the guy goes i'll take two and then rips him in half. <laughs> like, doesn't he say something like kind of racist in the movie too like this oh jazz, jazz yeah. oh jazz his all of his dialogue is wrong. His like, opening line is, what's cracking, little bitches? That's right. That's right. Yes. Right. Which, you know, black people were consulted um, for that line of the dialogue, cra- I believe. The craziest thing is that Michael Bay doubled down on his racism in Transformers 2. Then there were two black characters. Oh, yes. These dumb, like, twins who are and so were- stupid. Yeah. And they, they don't do much reading is one of their lines. They literally have a line where they say, we don't do much reading. Um, I just we... googled it, and there's a headline that says, "Why weren't the racist robots in Transformers 2 canceled?" <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing this? But yo, every time we do this podcast, I get excited. But then I realize that we're in a business that is straight up racist, even though it's supposed <laughs> to be the 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 business that's more um, accepting of people with different colors. But then we look at stuff as like, yo, there is a hip hop robot. <laughs> Like, this is the hip-hop robot, y'all. John brought up the two robots I took out of my mind because these dudes were like, they were crows. Like, these are the Mitchell Show crows. Yeah. And they're in a movie. A movie that made, like, a billion dollars. Uh, A billion. (laughs) A billion dollars. Yeah. Anyway, so... We we all get fighting, trying to get content that's just got... Okay, you know what? I'm going to so meet. finally, though, you know, <laughs> we, we, don't, don't do it. we don't need to be upset, though, because finally in 2018, you know, The Darkest Minds, the reality was the YA novel, the main character in the book was was white. Um, oh. And they were like, you know what? We're going to be woke. We're going to be diverse. We're going to cast this as a black uh, a, a black girl. And, uh, you know, some of the Internet was mad about that. Like they always are. They're mad about the black stormtrooper. They're mad anytime they're mad about uh Annie being black, you know, they're just always they're they're always mm. mad about Weren't fictional. they mad about Amandala in Hunger Games? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, book. I did too. The character is described yes. as black. <laughs> yes. And they were mad. Like, it's like you hear bad. what they to say her skin color is. First off, Hunger Games, low key, the black people were from the plantation district. I'm gonna leave well, that alone. Yes, they were no. from the plantation it's, district. It's a good point to bring up. <laughs> my man is in overalls okay they got all right we, uh, okay. but we haven't course, even introduced the movie i'm we, sorry we haven't i mean I'm, no I'm we, we we introduced the movie we just haven't we're we're um i feel it feels like we're avoiding talking about it that's what it feels like uh <laughs> maybe maybe that's because this movie got uh this movie got a 16 percent on rotten tomatoes um reviews aren't everything if reviews aren't everything though we know this uh I mean, I mean, we got a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes, but that. But we still ain't get a season two though. <laughs> we got a hundred. We had Rotten Tomatoes started no, tweeting this shit like, on their own, and still, you literally, know. Li- okay. Anyway, this movie, <laughs> but this movie didn't do well financially. That's the, that's the only thing uh, Hollywood cares about, and and so even though the book series 
has multiple um i think it has multiple books uh I, there's not going to be a, another version of this movie and and to be fair the ya by the time this came out there have been so many dystopian ya kind of movies similar to this at least in the the sense that it's a future with some sort of oppressive government that's like <laughs> keeping kids down um yes a future ah <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry. But those movies, even like Divergent, which I don't, I for, I don't think it got to finish out all of the books. But the first movie still did decently. It made like two hundred. It was the first million. one was good. The the Maze the Runner, like same thing. Like it, you know the 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 movies went down, but they they I think they actually got to finish. They they did all three yeah. of their movies. Um, Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today. With Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. Every now and then, one of these dogs eats something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast, subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Lay's. Lay's potato chips are made from real potatoes from real farms, and they're closer than you might think. Golden grows here on over 100 farms across North America. So whenever you open up a bag of Lay's, you can thank your farmers for making your Stay Golden moments possible. Lay's, stay golden. To learn more, head to goldengrowshere.com. <laughs> Thunderpants! <laughs> what are you laughing at? Laffy Taffy. They have a funny joke on every wrapper, and I love how fruity they are. Banana's my favorite. Want one? Sure. Mmm. So smooth and chewy. I like to eat them after school and after dinner and after Whenever you need a good LOL? Yeah. So here's the joke. What do clouds wear under their shorts? Thunderpants. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> Share a delicious Laffy Taffy moment with the people you love. Head to LaffyTaffy.com to shop now. Sergeant and Mrs. Smith, you are going to love this house. Is that a tub in the kitchen? There's no field manual for finding the right home. But when you do, USAA Homeowners Insurance can help protect it the right way. Restrictions apply. Should we talk to redo initial thoughts? I mean, this movie, yeah. is, you know, the the uh, uh, the premise of the film is, you know, it, it's kind of like an X-Men thing of like, except it's not everyone. It's just kids specifically are getting 
mutant powers. 90% of the world's children have died. Um, <laughs> it was like very grim. Why that's you how we begin like this, this why that's how they say it in the movie. They they say the word dead kids about 14 <laughs> yeah. times in the opening yeah. of this YA movie. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're like, oh, that sounds like a crisis, like a human extinction crisis. Um yeah. which no one is then, concerned with, nor is no the, one addresses. We never literally never talk about it. I was like, are they gonna talk about the fact that all of the remaining kids they're putting into like what appears to be like concentration camps and like no, Jonathan, them. because there's a cute boy and he drives a van and he must be the focus <laughs> yeah. of this narrative yo isn't that that's the guy from 1619 or what is that movie um uh the one that just came out the the war movie with the one long was it uh 1619 i'm not seeing any other credits in his wikipedia besides maleficent mistress of evil and something called matthias and maxime yeah, that's not oh. the lead of 1917, if that's what you mean. Oh, I thought it was no, the that's it. Yeah, no, no that's yeah. It. that's no, not no, no. It. that's a different person. They do oh. look similar. They do. I mean, they they have similar eyes, but this he's significantly younger than that guy. I think this is a different Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Um, Justin, you want to go first with your initial thoughts? No. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about X Men. I mean. This is like, look, Amanda is great in it, I will say. Like, she is acting her ass off. The movie doesn't really deserve her, but it's sort of like, you know, this is what happens. This is why diversity is bad and inclusion is good, because it's Mm -hmm. like, we just changed the lead character to a black girl, but in no way address the racial implications of that. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this movie, which is ostensibly a metaphor for the black experience, is actually void of any actual like truthiness about the black experience because it is mm-hmm. never brought up or addressed. Um, and it, I thought it was really bad, you know. Uh, it was, but I don't know. No one tries to make a bad movie, but it felt like it was caught. It felt like it was made by a lot of studio executives yeah. with a lot of notes about the marketplace and appealing to the most amount of teens or something because. I can't figure out what the movie is meant to say or be about. Those are just my first thoughts. No, yeah, that's no, real. Those are those are great thoughts. Uh, I never thought about it like that. In like diversity, inclusion. inclusion. Yeah, like that's that's a very good way to put it. It's like you know, little fires everywhere. It's like they made the lead character black, but then they at least understood that that means that the whole thing has to become about her being a black woman because that is you know such a major piece of her experience. And with this, I felt like. It was such a missed opportunity because, you know, it's a YA movie, but we have kids saying shit and fuck and things mm-hmm. are blowing up and people are, kids are dying. 98% of all children <laughs> die in the first, in the opening of this in film. The opening. But yet we weren't, we couldn't, we couldn't broach the topic of race and gender. That felt like an odd choice to me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I, at the, I think what you just said, like, uh, you don't know what this movie was really trying to say is the. That's my my initial thought of this movie is like there were there were interesting things happening like this could have been an interesting movie and I act, and I and I'm sure uh, the the book is at fault with this but also they change movies from books all the time so you could have mm-hmm. done that with the with the screenplay um and made it it's like what what is the point of this outside of just like oh kids have superpowers and they're running away from like you know some shadowy government that's trying that you know makes them 
prison laborers or or kills them because they're afraid. But we never really understand why they're afraid. Like, you know, in, I mean, like outside of we're just supposed to know, well, you know, people always fear what they don't know and they might have too much power. But like in a movie, in like X-Men series, right, or, or the movies, we understand there are mutants who are fed up with parts of the government that are trying to oppress them. And so they're fighting back, which fuels this thing, right? It's very, so when we think about, for instance, the protests that just occurred uh, and how a lot of the narrative that some of the media started to focus on was rioting, all of the, like this building, got, this police precinct got burnt, this police car got burnt, like these stores got looted. And even though that was such a small part of what was happening, um, that was the focus. It was like, see, we have to get these people under control. They're trying to tear down our country and rip it apart, even though the actual protest is about, you know, justice, like equality. Um, and so there, but there's nothing really like that in this movie. They just start rounding up the kids. And again, and because the extinction thing is never talked about, it makes it seem it's like psychotic. It was like, okay, so every hu- every adult on this planet just was just became a psycho at the same time, you know. And the only ones who didn't are like, I guess, a part of this other thing that are just tra- training child soldiers, which is another interesting concept brought up in the movie, but never actually explored. We don't really understand the implications of what this other um, I forgot what they were called, some the league or whatever. The league, oh like, right, the, the league. league. Like who they was, feels like the army or something. Yeah, it yeah. was just like, uh, like a yeah, child some, like, army. Yeah, which but we we never really see. We never like we we hear about it, but then there was there was never an opportunity to see like a a part of this child's army like kill human beings. You know what I mean? Like in a way that or kill adults in a way that felt like oh man, what you're taking away these kids' humanity? Like yes, they're fighting for a good cause, but is this the right way? But we never get into any of that. Instead, it's just, uh, I guess, a somewhat of a chase film for a lot of it. And I don't know. It, this movie was a, it was a mess. But I will say this. I do think the actors, for the most part, were very, the, like the kid actors were very good. Um, I'm, I'm upset that they didn't have a better script. And also, I feel bad for um, the little girl who played Zoo because. <laughs> she I, doesn't talk? She doesn't get Ever. to talk. And I get it, and that I think that's in the in the probably in the book as well. But like, we don't know why, which makes it worse, right? And yeah. then because we don't know why, she doesn't get the opportunity to be like super expressive or like a moment of of we see her communicating. You know what I mean with 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 no words, which is possible. But token, you know, I think, is the yeah, word you're it's searching very token. for. Yeah. She's a token <laughs> uh, character that has uh, no inner life or dialogue. Yeah. Also, this dude, yeah. Skylin Brooks, was awesome. The kid who played uh, Chubbs, he was great, even though he's yeah. the most stereotypical. Like, but it, but that, that part always happens to people. Like, even um, uh, Justice, like Justice Smith, he was in this movie called Paper Towns, which the two leads were white, like Kara Devine and like um, Alex Wolf. And like, he is the friend who doesn't want to go along with it. He is the awkward, like, geeky dude who's always there. And it's like, this is just the part that if you're going to be a young black kid in these movies, you got to get this one. Or if it's like one of those action sci-fi movies, 
you're probably like the tough soldier dude who like has to fight with the lead white guy at some point, like in um, Maze Runner. Like you're the leader, but you're not the leader. You know, like if you're going to be in Hunger Games, like you are the big black dude who can throw stuff, you know, and then you die mm-hmm. off screen. <laughs> like, I but don't I, know. I, I think this movie is like a, is em, emblematic. Is that a right, is that a word? Yes, that's cool. exactly a word. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is emblematic of Hollywood's race problem, in my yes. opinion. Yeah. This movie came out in 2018. It stars an amazing black female actress who is also in her own right an activist and a leader. Um, There's no reason why this movie should be emblematic of Hollywood's race problem, but it is because it is essentially, it is based on a marginalized premise, okay? Like we're either talking about the Holocaust or we're talking about Japanese internment camps or we're talking about slavery, black people, and all of civil rights. Those are the only three things this movie could possibly be about mm-hmm. because it's so dire. And yet, um, Asian people, this was, this was directed by a South Korean director, so I, I'm not going to blame the director. This feels like a very studio-driven project. Um, please still hire me, 20th? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so like, um, that makes everything hard. <laughs> I know, this is so hard. Uh, but, uh, but they were working for a different company then, so it's totally fine. And, uh, you know, essentially, like, all of the characters whose voices could even speak to those experiences are completely sidelined in the narrative and are centered around whiteness. Because, like, everywhere that Amandala goes, there is an obnoxious white person that she has to impress and, like, get on her side. Either it is the, the nameless uh, drill sergeant in the first camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is the cute white boy that, you know, to me doesn't really have much else going on besides being a cute white boy who can drive. And then the, the evil white boy at the end, like it's always about, it's still about the white people, even though it's supposedly about liberation and stuff. It's so odd. I mean, it was tough because I think I've actually watching this movie now. I was like, oh, I've seen this before. I'm not sure where I saw it before, but I remember it. And Amanda, it's so funny. You said that, Justin, like, I think I'm now at a point where I do. I, it's hard for me to um, separate like the person from their work because I've known of her and her activism for so long. Like right. Amanda was the first of those young actresses who came out and was like, "Yo, like I'm black. I do this. I do that." Like she she was the one who came out before Zendaya talking about that. She came out before Yara, but like she's been with the shits the whole time. Like she, I think I believe came out as queer. Like she's with the shits, which is great. And it's funny watching her do a movie like this where it does feel like such a missed opportunity. You know what I mean? And it feels like it didn't even have to be the main conflict. It just needed to be addressed. You know, like right. as somehow you could just address that her experience right now is a little bit different because she's a black woman, because where it's coming from. Like you could have made so much nuance and made this movie a little bit smarter if you just talked about the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and we just mm-hmm. avoided it. And even watching, I don't know, man, even watching it and thinking about, I watched this show called The Boys, um, which is a, a Amazon oh, yeah, yeah. superhero yeah, show. Yeah. There's another character on that show called The Woman, and it's an Asian woman who is like the best fighter. Like, she can kill anybody, but she does not talk. Um, she, she, they had a flashback. Yep. Why does she not talk? I don't know, but she... Doesn't talk. So she past, went, she went through something traumatic or something. Yeah, so she does not speak. It's beside the point. She's beautiful and she can fight. <laughs> yes. So and watching this, I'm like, oh, this is just a young version of that movie. It's like the character went through something. She 
has electrical power, so she was powerful, and she just doesn't talk still. And it just, it perpetuates the same stereotypes. And I think it's so funny because watching this movie, I'm like, a bunch of kids who did see this saw this, and it just gives them the same idea of people of color that they've always had that has not changed from my generation, my parents' generation. It's just trickling down, and we're just still in the same place no matter what. And it's like, damn, this is what a person of color director, too. It, like, they it, still sidelined her. Yeah, you know, they, well, they changed the color. It, in the book, it was yellow. And then they changed it to gold because they were like, oh, well, that might be offensive. Yeah, so. we can't call her yellow. Oh, the wow. Asian character was, was yellow? Yeah, it was well, gold. The, she was gold. She in the was... movie, they changed it to gold because the oh. only the only gold, like the only yellow or gold like um, category that we know, the only person from that category that we know is is the 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 mute oh. Asian girl. Is wow. she is she is she Asian in the book too? Yep. She... Wow. wow. <laughs> That's really unfortunate because I feel like this is a South Korean uh, director, I believe. Yeah, she's from South Korea. Yeah. Um, she directed, Which is pr- yeah. she directed the Kung Fu Panda movies or two and three. Right. I mean, she, I don't, I'm not gonna speak for her cause that would be against all the things we're talking about, but it feels like her voice is not as in this as I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it but- also is like from her IMDb, it's like her, this is her first live action yes. uh, mm-hmm. thing also. So like there was probably pre. I I would imagine there's pressure. There's a different pressure that that adds to, right? Like to fight back to yes, you know. 100%. hundred percent. But there's something, and she's about and she'll it. probably get blamed for this movie. You yeah. know well, what I mean? I'm, I'm looking. It at was like the Matt. writing as well as because if I'm being honest, the scenes weren't poorly directed. It was right. just yes. like that wasn't what was that issue for me in the film. Uh, you know, it was conceived badly. Uh, but you know, one thing, one thing I have to say, and yes, I am bringing it back to the X-Men, which is that... Smart, smart. In a lot of ways, this movie is X-Men's fault because X-Men... <laughs> X-Men, which I think is a good movie, I think X2 is a great movie. Yes, and that's yes. kind of all I have to say about the X-Men franchise as someone who grew up with the comics and loved it uh, with my whole body. Uh, <laughs> I, I really think X2 is a great movie. That's all I have to say. But I feel like from the beginning, that franchise was a compromised franchise. It was like... It was already a hodgepodge. It's we, frankly, I feel like we were in a homophobic reaction to Joel Schumacher still as a society and yeah. Batman having nipples. And so when we do the X-Men, everyone's in like black leather. Like there's no flamboyancy whatsoever, which is very ironic. Um, given the filmmaker, there's no sense of gayness <laughs> in that movie. And it's a superhero movie. And what are we doing? This is about hairy men in tights. Like this is a gay all superhero movies are gay, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, so we erased that from it. We erased the civil rights thing from it. And I feel like because that was so successful and so many movies following that model are so successful, there was probably no reason to think this wouldn't be successful. We're just doing the thing that we do in all the other movies. <laughs> and, right. and we're putting a black lead in it. And there's like one line about the colors not being segregated. Uh, so we did it, guys. We yeah. solved racism. Give us money. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think, you know, it is connected to that, to that system. And I just wish that, um, I wish that people understood that like the black experience really is the quintessential American experience. It always is. They always go to jazz music or rock and roll or hip hop or a black lead or whatever and fetishize us in the midst of a movie, objectify us. 
um, to make it pop. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, yep. is, it's hard to talk about that because our villains aren't aren't some faraway, distant people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. our distance, our villains are here. Like right. again, like people who. I mean, look, man. I'm gonna be real. Like people who lynched black folk in the streets. Some of them are still here. That is someone's yep. grandma. Like I remember, it's this famous photo I bring up all the time. It's like this, this, this black, this young black man who is lynched, and it's a young white girl pointing at it, smiling. Mm-hmm. That woman still is still alive, right? You know, like she, like our people are. Still she works here. at Trader Joe's. She's the one who doesn't give. You, she's the one who charges you for the extra bag. It's like look, the bag is five cents. Don't try to charge me twenty. No, she's the problem with her. Her name is Amy. She works at the Trader Joe's in Hyperion, and she is. Um, <laughs> She overplays the Amy. I'm talking. She overplays it. You know, she like tries to sneak things into my bag, like she's oh, wow. doing me a favor. I'm like, I don't need that, Amy. What's up? <laughs> like, are you trying to make up for something? And now I get it. It's, but it, it's, but it is. I mean, every time someone talks about the Confederacy and like a lot of this stuff, I think there's a, a bastardization of our history. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, if we talk about our history, I remember reading like everyone kept passing around that that Golden Girls clip. And in the clip, you know, when Don Cheeto is like schooling one of the Golden Girls, she's like, you're making me rethink all my memories. And I'm like, and that is the hard part is like, you will have to rethink your vacations, the things your grandparents said, the things your aunt said, because maybe mm. those people aren't the best people. And that is a very hard thing to think about. And I think that is why, as African-Americans, we will continue to have a hard time because no one wants to be bad. No one wants to be racist. Like, no one wants to take accountability because it will make you readjust who you are and realize things. Even as a man, like there may be things people are like, yo, that's sexist. And I'm like, wait, no, it wasn't. And now I have to rethink how I do things. You know, the thing I don't like about that Golden Girls clip is at the end of it, Don Cheeto says, and I won't judge every white I person that. I see. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. They had to add it. They had to, they add, had it. to add it. I, I yeah. remember watching that. I was like, I was like, of course they have to add that to protect white fragility like that's what it is yeah, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a way to it's a way to be like no no no. but it's not just you who's bad it's a it's all of us it's it's that's mm-hmm. what's you know terry cruz tweeting you know what i mean yeah. like it, we, well, it's, the, it's <laughs> the white gaze honestly it is it's the white gaze it's it's who is this for who is this made for there was a movie called lemon that i happen to love that critics did not were not kind to uh by janixa bravo and I've, I've been talking about it because i'm like the reason critics didn't love that movie is because it's not from the white gaze. It is the same. Mm. What she was doing with that movie is she was making the same movie that is always made every single year about a sociopathic white person who nonetheless is charming to everyone in the film and ends up getting his way and makes us feel empathetic towards him. That's like so many fucking movies. So she just made that movie, but from a black woman's point of view, it's about a white person, but it's not it's not in the white gaze. And that just makes people un comfortable and i feel like what's making me uncomfortable about this movie about darkest minds is that it's 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 it has a black person in it but it is from the white gaze it is it is all it is completely from the point of view of the white people in this film even though they're not the lead characters or you know ostensibly the point of view yeah it's also so frustrating like justin you said sorry bro i'll let you go i'm just i'm looking um I'm just looking up uh, uh, Bravo now, and it's like it's something you said earlier about like how the director of Darkest Miles will probably get blamed for this movie, mm. and something about that I know is true, but it bothers me in a way because we've talked about this on this podcast. We're like, you will see this young 
white director who does an indie film and now he gets a studio movie and it could mm. bomb. It could bomb. Yes. Yeah. And he still gets the next big movie. You yeah, know Josh what I mean? Frank has a movie coming out, right? I, I, I wanted to say his name, but I was like, I forgot his last name. Yes, well, and he talks it about it. Like Josh gets, to, I mean, even when I think about James, no offense. When I think about even um, um, Jurassic World, it's like, sorry, I'm just talking about Jurassic. I was talking about the director of Jurassic World. <laughs> you mean no offense. I know you love did, Jurassic did Park. Did you make Jurassic World? <laughs> he, I did. It was me. I did. Wow. <laughs> I didn't, okay. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just come at Jurassic Park. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, there there are people who get a chance to like do these indies, make a movie that necessarily may not be. Um, if you think about the sequel or things like that, commercially successful or even critically successful, but still gets a chance to do a bunch of stuff. And I remember reading something with Patty Jenkins and she goes, it was hard for her to get Wonder Woman because even though she had made so much money from Monster and all these other indies, it was still seen as a risk to give a woman such a big platform. You know what I mean? And I think about like even this director, I'm like, she hasn't directed another live action film yet. And I'm like, this mm. is crazy because she still did two um, Kung Fu Pandas. And this movie, at the end of the day, didn't lose money at the box office. I mean, it didn't, you know, break records, but like it, it lost money. I it mean, probably, yeah, with the with the with the average, with the marketing and all. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it but was you know 30. what? But you know what it is? You bring you bring you're bringing up a really good point, and I'm thinking about it because uh, there's plenty of white guys who would have gotten a movie like this and maybe would have turned it into something special. And we're always taught to think, well, that's because that director like has the guts to do that or something, but. The truth is, I'm imagining Jennifer Nelson on the set of this movie, knowing this is some bullshit, <laughs> but knowing that if she raises a stink about it or like demands a better script or whatever, mm-hmm. she's going to get fired. That's the yeah. reality of it. Yeah. And, and to take your metaphor further, you could have a show you know, on Netflix or something. Uh, and have 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, uh, out, where's my pickup and where's my billboard? Yeah. So it is it is a it is absolutely a double standard. And this movie is bad because of racism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I mean, of the racist system that made it. It's, yeah. It's, made it, it a it's bad like movie. it didn't. Uh, how could she how could she feel that freedom knowing, first of all, when she directed those Kung, Kung Fu uh, films, uh, Kung Fu fan films. And they they were both successful, but she was the first, I believe, just woman director. Period, directing like a major like animated movie, and so she's getting a chance to direct this. It's like a first first opportunity for her. And then, in the middle of this of the casting, there's a whole race conversation that's happening where mm-hmm. people are complaining about this character being casted as black, and oh, the diversity is ruining everything. And okay, you know, there's. There's there is so much like vehement pushback to just allowing people who are not white to both act and direct movies. You know what I mean? Like it's just just the just the fact that they're doing it makes people angry, which should be which should go like, oh, wow. Holy crap. If if there are a bunch of people who are okay with literally saying something that's so obviously racist, how much more racism is like that we don't even understand or know about? You know, right. and then she starts to make this movie. You know, I I don't I don't blame her. I mean, like I, I the thing that I, I we could start talking about the movie now too, because like the the intro is quick, right? And it kind of like very quickly gets to gets you to be like, this is what's happening. It's like there was this, there was that. You know, she erased her parents' her parents' mind. I, I don't know if we want to comment on the fact that uh, 
I don't know if it's necessary, but this actor the, is significantly darker than a man. Yo, I yes. didn't want to bring it up. Okay, I didn't want to Waiting for the moment. I didn't want to bring it up, man. Yes. it don't when make no dark, sense. This gorgeous dark-skinned black girl grows up to be a man. Blood. I I leaned over to my wife and I was like, I was like, she's she's too dark. She's too dark. I don't want to. I was I don't, like, is that I've, gonna be her sister? Or is that, <laughs> I'm confused. And then, and I was I was like, do you remember what Rue looked like? And she, she was like, yeah, okay, well, so. <laughs> see what's wrong yeah i know and and it's one of those things where i was like i was like what is what i actually don't know i don't know what it means because i'm like there's a part of me that's like i'm glad that little uh that black girl got that part in this movie like we need like we've we've actually talked about this on the podcast for for whatever reason there does seem to be a trend in hollywood when it comes to young black actresses a lot of them are light-skinned like Mm -hmm. um and, All of the and popular just, and ones her, right now. And her parents, too. Like, like not only did she get that opportunity, but then her parents also got, they got to work a couple they, days on this movie. Golden <laughs> like, Brooks, guys. Yes. Golden oh, Brooks. Yes. the mom. Yes. Wow. And we love her. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, but go ahead, Brazer. But, but wow. yeah, but, like, there's also something else to this, like, okay, the, it's actually it was it was the way in which you knew this film was not going to be about race at all that they just like immediately were like whatever black black people it, it, you know they're all the same and we're not really going to talk about it like we won't we we're won't discuss colorblind. it they're just yeah. like we're us. colorblind exactly I mean, it's this, a colorblind thing yeah okay there is one uh, black part of the movie there's one what? like genuine black part of the movie and I don't even think it's on purpose it's when Amanda goes to talk to Chubbs. They're at the the new concentration camp run by the new group of white people that seem nice. And Amanda goes over to hang out with Chubbs, the other black character played by Skylin Brooks, on the pier or something. They're like by the river. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they basically have a conversation that is like every black, when two black people get together among a group of white people that we've all had, yeah. where we're like, this is some bullshit, right? <laughs> yeah. They basically have that conversation. Yeah. And it was, the, it was the most authentic part of the movie. Oh, that's and, amazing. And by the way, Skyland was in Mr. and Pete. I don't, no one's seen this movie. No. This movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. And he was so good in it, by the way. Um, just the, that to me was like, that should have been the movie. The two of them recognizing yes. that all these white people are crazy should have been the whole movie and I would have been so happy. <laughs> and it is, you didn't even need to have like a super strong love interest. You could have just had them trying to figure out yeah. shit. And that and that's just the thing. I mean, it's really hard because, you know, like John was saying, like there I don't know what's happening, but it has been a trend. If it's gonna be a young black girl in the movie, and again I say this, I don't wanna I don't want to take anyone's jobs away. I think now as people are talking about supporting, you know, black voices, I want everyone to eat. What I would like is I would like that we could spread out that wealth a little bit. I feel like, you know, you listen to some of these black actors like Emma Stone ain't starring in every fucking movie because no. we got Jennifer Lawrence. We got other people. Whereas I feel like because the black pool is so small, we hear the same three or four names nonstop when it comes to projects. And we don't get to see the other young black actress who may be darker skinned who could have been in this movie, you know, like. I mean, the reason we actually know of, um, oh my God, I'm about to mess up her name, um, Zuri from uh, um, Black Panther is because Amanda went on record and was like, yo, I just oh, felt yeah. like everyone, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be this sister. Like, she was like, I felt like mm. I should not have this part because everyone is coming from like African descent with darker skin. And she's the one who that. took, yeah, she took herself out of the running for that movie. Was you know that I mean? after she made this movie? Ooh. 
because that would actually make some. Because I, I feel like Amanda would be the first person to criticize this, right. this film. I mean, she's uh, a smart girl. It, it yeah. may, have, it and, may, yeah, it may have came out afterwards. Yeah, and this it's came tough out that because, year. like, how do you, how do you turn this to like this was the hate you give didn't hadn't come out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she, I don't know which project she got first. I imagine she got this one before. Both she came out the same year. Mm. I, I know it came out the same yeah. year. Yeah. I, uh, so, but I, I don't know why I feel like she got this project before the Hate You Give. Maybe not, but she feels like she's also older when I watch the Hate You Give. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, maybe it's just because the subject matter, which is another conversation of how black people have to uh, grow up faster. Black children have to grow up faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real fast. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, it's like you know that she's the star of a of a potential franchise. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's uh it's an opportunity that's hard to pass down. And it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes I, sometimes we're, we're critical of like, okay, why did this actor who's really famous take this role? But it's hard to really, but we also understand it. We understand like when you're trying to make it um, in Hollywood, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You have to do amount an amount of projects to get to the place where you could even feel comfortable going, now I can choose which projects I, I want to do. Because you know how quickly Hollywood could just shut you out. The diversity, where it's like, oh yeah, diversity's hot right now, but it's been hot before. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. these trends happen in Hollywood. Um, which is one of the things, that it's why right now we're pushing so much, not just for, kind of, I think just brilliantly said it, like not just for diversity, but inclusion. Not just so there's you just swap out a black actor and you're like oh we'll make sure we have our like our quota filled no we want people who are executive producers we want people who are network uh you know uh, executives we want people in every step of the process a so third that, cast yeah. member yeah. yes yeah. i mean also. ava ava did the ballsiest thing man she went was it three weeks ago and started tweeting out um the network execs at like disney and stuff and again i bring it up all the time Y'all should go on her Twitter, find that tweet. The only black people that were execs at like Disney, it was like Fox, Universal, were the HR reps. Wow. Yeah. And she like, she t- like, I mean, again, she's making a movie, I think, with um with um, Warner Brothers, like her her big superhero movies with Warner Brothers. And she was like, yo, I'm tweeting they shit out too. And it's like, um, there are no execs. Like they, they, because I think at the end of the day, which is tough, is that in order to get one of those execs up, you're going to have to let someone go. Which means there is someone who is probably average, who who was it Harvard or somebody just did a, a recent report talking about um oh they just realized a lot of their um um students are um either what is it called when the family has been there already um lineage oh, or, oh yeah legacy legacy like, like a lot of our percent it's like yeah bruh like are you you just realizing this and it's like that's what the Hollywood ecosystem is It's like we pass shit down. And like it is hard to, you have to be extra. Like we but always say, you define be just realizing. Like, is, did her, did they just realize that? Justin, take two. Yeah, they just, they just, did, they just talked about it. They just talked about it. Yeah. I want to say this week. I mean, it's it's literally affirmative action for white people, but like at a <laughs> way bigger scale. <laughs> but what that is, but what that is, is hard because now you have people, and again, they are very smart people, but you have a lot of averageness. And the thing is, to break through as a black person, you have to be so much better than everyone else that you have to be exceptional. But then, even then, you have to fight against this legacy. You have to fight against like someone who has this job, 
because they knew somebody, because they liked somebody, because they had to, they they were able to go to that good school. And you have to be good enough that one of them has to be fired. Like it is. If you're only gonna have four execs and all four execs are white, but we need a black person in there, one of those four has to be let go. That's just a and no one wants to be fired. Right. But, so, you know, but the but the real though is like, why do we just have to have four execs? You know, there's a there's a, there are some systemic problems with Hollywood that don't even have anything to do with race, just in like how movies get made uh, and how television shows get made. It's not making the best work and it's not making the most cost efficient work either. Um, but the other tricky thing, it's not just about hiring a black executive because without, I'm not throwing no shade at nobody, okay? <laughs> uh, no one okay, is being so- shaded. I've never met a person like this, but I've heard <laughs> that when you have, you know, the singular black executive, the pressure on that executive is so intense yeah. that like, they don't have the freedom to act like other executives. They they actually take less chances on black content because if they take a ch- if the one black executive takes a chance on the one piece of black content, they own that content. And if for whatever reason it doesn't come out right or it doesn't make the money it's supposed to, they're fucking gone. You know. Yeah. So it's like it actually like just having one actually kind of makes it worse yeah, for all involved. Like, you you kind of have to have like four or five like you kind of have to like have multiple black people at the company which i know is asking a lot but just like raising it up to you know Man. the percentage of black people in the population uh you know we're not even close damn yeah i didn't even think about that that is so much pressure uh yeah yeah we've, um we've heard yeah. stories of those face-offs yeah i mean also yeah i think about it as like black creators i think i i will admit and i and i'm trying to come around like, i've been super hard on certain creators where i'm like i shouldn't give you the pressure of me <laughs> like all of blackness you know what i mean well, like you you've been really hard on me because what? no 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 listen man you know i'm no, just saying you it, look, made me watch ah, this movie listen you know i, you I just want to say jonathan got together and made me watch this movie well you know so john I could shade amandla and how dare <laughs> us against each other we're not shading her at all she's the thing she's this, is, she's this movie is a great like. learning experience i know she's a, she's actually like she's worth watching the movie for so, i would say uh, and 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 she brings so apparently because i was reading i was like trying to get a sense i didn't read the book but i was trying to get a sense online of like the differences between the book and the movie and the and one of the things that was mentioned was that in the book this character uh it's Rudy, right? She yeah. She's even more pa- she's more passive in the book. Like mm, a lot oh. of things like like you know when as a kid she makes the doctor forget that she's a orange and like and convinces him that she's a green. In the right. book she does that accidentally. Yeah. And in the movie uh... they make it purposeful. Which, like, thank God, because I don't even understand. Like, there's a part of me that's like, what was this book even like? Yeah, it's it oh, sounds like it wasn't even it wasn't even feminist. It was written by uh, it was a, a white woman uh, who wrote it, and I'm like, why tracking. would you make? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah, I was. Why would you make a? Why would you make your heroine character not active? Like, not have the agency to and and because. And even though it was stronger in the movie, it still felt strange because I didn't exactly understand what Amanda's journey was. Now, um, it's like she's scared to use her powers, which is something that we have sometimes in, in these mutant movies, right? You have somebody who's like, they just want to blend in. They just want to, right? But the circumstances of this film make it so 
that if you're a kid who's alive, everyone already knows you have powers. And therefore, you're either going to be put in a camp or you're going to be murdered. So this the fear, I understand the fear of being murdered, but it's like at a certain point, once people know who you are, what are we I, yeah. I just didn't it didn't quite track to me. And if also you know like I mean. she and also like you you have to think that she she didn't want to use her powers, but she has been actively using them because like there's no way for six years she hides as a green as a green when she when she it doesn't have that like she's not that smart. Right. Like she yeah. <laughs> but, And also there's so I'm sorry there's so many fucking issues with the premise. Because like <laughs> if you if you could just make the doctor think you're a green, well then there should be there should be oranges all over the place. Like yeah. she was able to figure that out within like a few seconds. So like, where are the other oranges pretending to right. be greens? Only and, one other orange did that. And your power is to literally make people think whatever you want them to think. So it really, to me, it really was a story about like internalized, um, you know, I don't know what seg- uh, su- uh, subjugation. I get because yeah. she yeah. had the power all along, and eventually, like, essentially, like her, the journey of the movie is like her you know, trying to manage white people's feelings. Ultimately, she makes a big sacrifice to manage the white man's feelings in this movie so that he could go on and do the right thing and get over his jungle fever. Also, these are the narratives we're telling in 2018. His last shot of him running in the woods in slow motion, I was like, I don't have to see this boy keep running. The fact that like- to the last shot. The fact that, no, you didn't miss anything. But I just began right before the last shot, and I didn't finish it. I will say this though: the one thing I did think was interesting is that the battle became between like this black woman and this white guy, mm-hmm. and it, I'm gonna say it was messed up. And I like I don't know. The moment I saw this preppy dude with a polo shirt and his collar up, I was like, I don't trust, I don't trust nothing people. about this dude. No, but also, was there like a weird almost assault scene in this movie? Yes, 100% not, not almost scene. assault. Like, what the was... hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> like he wanted her to do. She he wanted her for his bidding, and he was just gonna do that. He wanted like, a slave. Like that shit was. The thing is, it happened so fast. I was Dark. like, what? The, first off, okay, let, let me just backtrack. The opening scene when they go to the camps and they just start murking and just like knocking that one kid out. I'm like, okay, this is wild. And now at the end <laughs> of this movie, we have this scene. Piss and off. I, and, <laughs> Oh shit! And I'm like, what is happening? They legitimately have this scene that I feel like is addressed, but also I really wanted her to fuck this dude up when they had the the, the final battle because I'm like, yo, they're gonna have a one on one battle. This dude is wild. We gotta like scar his whole face up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. know the book, but it just felt like a missed opportunity to get a little revenge, I guess, for me. Um, but I don't. Yeah, know and also, I mean, if you're I understand like this was somewhat targeted towards teens and you don't want it to be too um uh, explicit but like if you're going to have this if you're going to have this notion that this guy who literally can control people's minds um uh and then he's trying to learn how to erase someone's mind and 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 then so- somehow learns it I, I don't really understand how he how he figured it out uh but i guess he kind of did um why why would he just try to physically force her to you know what i mean like i didn't i didn't get that part like, i was top like of everything 
I will say in this <laughs> regard, that character is a actually is a great analogy for whiteness in general. In that, like, he is trying to he's he is he is trying to take her power, uh, use up her body, and control everybody else, but pretend he's good. So in that right. regard, I would yeah, say I the movie, so. you know. Actually, I, I reverse everything a, I've said. This movie—he <laughs> was a good sense. villain. He was a good villain. It was just that we didn't get enough of the other stuff to yeah. make it because it wasn't—it wasn't leading to him really. It doesn't even really make. It doesn't actually track. I mean, like this is one of those movies where the more you think about the logic, the more everything falls apart. And it's and it's hard because the initial premise, because they don't talk about the, the extinction element at all. Like, that the human, the human species, race. Like, like, how are they going to like? Are new babies also getting like with this disease? Like, are what's there happening? New babies? That's what I was yeah. like. Are like, is this a children of men situation where everyone just knows that the human race is about to end and they're just like, what's going on? Like, I, Let's I don't torture children just to wait, <laughs> just to spend our last days. But they had like one line every now and then. They're like, oh, where are all the people? Oh, with no kids, they all went to the cities for jobs. So like. The right. rural area was yeah. just abandoned. Also, is the league what? bad? Like, when she touches, we never really we'll she, never know. When she She's touches never... the white dude, he's but like see, the thing is, the they're right? building the world. Like in in the second one, we're gonna he learn what the league it. is. We're gonna learn yeah. like. what where if he's gonna regain his memories there's so much stuff they're setting up for the sequel so 2021 darkest minds 2 because the the other thing i did i mean it was also there the other thing i just have to say this that bothered me was if all the greens are smart and there are so many greens how come they can't break out of this yo no no break break no break but i'm like yo that that could be if they talked about race, that is something like I always like I always the one thing I hate it like in in history class is like people always go, well, if there were more slaves, they if they were more powerful, how come they just didn't overthrow? I'm like, and then there's so many psychological things that people slave were owners saying that did. in history class. Oh, my God. When I went to history class, people were like, but why didn't you just do this? Why didn't you just do that? And I'm like, well, they were inferior. <laughs> yes. Like, what was the answer? <laughs> yes. It's like there, there are reasons that. um they didn't feel like they could. And I'm like, this movie yeah. could have touched on that. That movie could have touched on, yes, these people are smart, but we have ways to like make them feel docile. Right. Wait. But also, but you know, just. But here's what went uh, wrong, yeah, guys. This is a movie that's supposedly about personal liberation made by people that were not free. Okay. This director was not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know this writer, but I feel like this was not. This this was not Whoa, his vision. That's deep. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. these are a bunch of people who are working in a system. Okay, an authoritarian. Authoritarian. It's early for me. Authoritarian <laughs> system. Uh, to make this movie as a product, you know, nobody cl- is close to the heart of this movie at all, uh, and you can just feel it in the pro- in, yeah. in the product. And it's like, why yeah. give people of color the platform if, if you don't let them be free while they're doing it? Because that's what. That's where you get the auteur, amazing directors out of the seventies. Is you give Francis Ford Coppola a bunch of money and you send him into a jungle and you just let him fuck around and then sometimes yeah. you get Apocalypse Now. Like yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> but that's but that requires so much trust and I don't think it is hard because I don't think people of color get that trust, man. Like even right. even um, even had, when they prove themselves. Yes. Yes, like we had our friend on, oh my good, Aaron Covington, who helped co-write um, Black Panther. Oh, I love Aaron. Yeah, yeah he's and he great. was 
And he was talking about even after Black Panther, the jobs he gets to write, they don't want to hear an original story. They just want him to adapt a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, my man has co-written one of the biggest movies to ever exist. And yet he still isn't given the chance to come up with his own content. Like I just saw the other day, they're making the black version of Wonder Years. Yeah. Oh. Wonder Years. You telling I me. That. I love that it's exactly the, pre- the premise of the sketch that we did. <laughs> for the last episode of just a show but black and they really are straight doing that yeah they're doing the wonder years but black, but black. they're literally doing oh, it and it's really like there, there are so head. many creative people who have us on this call right now could come up and this is not to diss the people who are doing that story but it's just showing like yeah the four of us to sit here and be like yo we got an idea for something in five minutes but yet for some reason black people are black it's black people in particular i really think it is that aren't given the leeway to be trusted enough in Hollywood. Like, whether it comes with directing, whether it comes with writing, whether it comes with acting, because for the most part, again, man, how many dark-skinned black um, actresses we know leading movies? Viola Davis out here, her clip going around talking about something, y'all call me Meryl Streep, pay me! And she still right. ain't getting paid! She came no. out three years ago and said the craziest shit that I... It hurts that it's real. She's like, yo, if you take her, if you take three of the highest-paid black actresses they still do not make what one Jennifer Lawrence will make. Right. Won't come close. Won't come close. And I'm like, what do we, like, right. uh, Yeah. That, that's, yeah, exactly. I well, mean, if, y- if y'all know me, you know that I'm a secret college professor pretending to be a filmmaker, right? And <laughs> I would like to say something that I don't think a lot of people realize. This is so baked into the system of Hollywood. Birth of a Nation is not just notable for being very fucking racist, and also the movie where editing is invented and all the shit that D.W. Griffith did. But it also begins the independent film movement in America because black people at the time knew this was some bullshit. They protested that movie. The NAACP was very much against it. And in response to that movie, people like Oscar Michaud begin a completely black independent version of Hollywood with its own star systems, with its own movie theater chains, with its own writers, with its own directors. And when Hollywood realized that that was making money, they started to make their versions of the black film. And that's when you start to get all these problematic black heroes that are in service of the white man and you know the white gaze version of the black experience. And because those movies are made by big Hollywood, the entire black independent film market is, is, is destroyed. None of us are brought up hearing about it or learning about who these stars were what kind of stories they were telling, what kind of innovations they were making, because it's been covered up by this, like, well, we made Gone with the Wind, and we, we gave Hattie McDaniels an Oscar. So we're the good guys here. And it's, and it's baked into the system to erase black voices and then to pretend like you did something, like to do the bare minimum and to act like that was... Some, like it, we've been doing it since the beginning of this industry. What? We being white people. What, what was that name you said, Oscar? Uh... Oscar Michaud. He, he's the first, um, he really is like, he is, Tyler Perry is the version of him today in the sense that like he translated like, you know, the black theatrical vaudeville circuit into movies and, um, you know, literally like built this homegrown, homespun movie industries just for black audiences, uh, really all by himself. And then Hollywood caught wind of that and they started doing it. But with white directors and right. with like, you know, Sidney Poitier or whoever. Like I, can't it, it was, get, I can't get a movie about him, but I'm about to get another movie about a runaway slave. Another one about a runaway slave and Black Wonder Years. So you're welcome. No, but what, what use his story 
to inspire you to you can make a movie about him. Like you can just go off <laughs> like his whole his I think, legacy. I think Tyler Perry is playing him in a movie, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh, okay. So you guys can comment on that. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just laughs. That's the yeah. thing about being yeah, black. We, That's the uh, thing about being black is you can't like we can't you critique. Feel like you can't anything. feel. You can't speak freely because you no. know. I mean, the, I think racism. I think yeah. the thing that's very cool about Lena Waithe is that when Queen and Slim came out and people started critiquing it, she was like, "It's cool to critique my movie." You know what I mean? Because I will say this podcast gives me anxiety. Because we do end up meeting, like we're meet, like we do end up meeting people that I will, I will yeah, see something and I'm like, oh shit, do they know about like this movie? Like you know, so it's like it's hard to critique like art because you don't want to not support it, right? But you also want to be able to critique it like people critique all this other art. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the but, fact that our shit is not invulnerable to critique is another example of racism. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact that like a black person can make a movie with black people and it's not that good or it's mm-hmm. fine or whatever, and they can't ever make a movie ever again is yeah. fucked up. Like, yeah, exactly. Stanley, Co- yeah. have you seen Stanley Kubrick's first movies? Oh, I had to watch them shit in film. The fact that you're talking about like film school and like in film class, I've seen four um, Stanley Kubrick movies and I've never heard of um, Oscar in my life. Yeah, it's never. so. I, it makes me so frustrated. I, I've, yeah. I've had to watch Darren Aronofsky films. I had to watch all these the 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 book Rebels of the Backlot. Um, we had yes. to watch, which is like the film about like like Tarantino and 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 Sodenberg and all these rebel white dudes who like did it on their own. And I'm like, yep. I didn't even the only black person I ever heard about like in film school was Spike Lee, but it was only when he did um, She's Got to Have It because he's the guy who got a bunch of credit cards, made this movie, and he became Spike Lee. I'm like... But so did Robert Townsend, and they never talk about Robert Townsend. Never heard. And by the way, so did a man named Charles Lane, and literally I discovered who this was last night, okay? Mm -hmm. He put out a movie in 1989 called Sidewalk Story. It is the artist, but way fucking better, and it came out 20 years before the artist, and this guy worked one more time, like, was is completely erased from history, and not only is the movie black, independent, came out in 1989 by the same distributor that did She's Gotta Have It, um, and we're not talking about it for those reasons. Beyond the fact that it's black, it's also fucking brilliant. Like, he's yeah. a for real genius, like a whole black genius wow. that is just excluded from any conversation about black cinema or independent cinema. But after, li- after listening to you talk, Justin, like, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm looking back on, like, what we've been doing over the last five years, which is watching major motion pictures that have to have a leading black actor, right? And so most of the times there isn't a black director there, right? Or there isn't a black writer. Or mm. like only only every once in a while we get the holy trinity of black director, writer, and, <laughs> and star, right? And like and so that's that's five years of conversations about these major motion pictures when <laughs> Like it feels like we need a a spinoff of this podcast that focuses on the the yeah, the story. True. You know, like it's like because cause if we're gonna keep having these conversations about these movies that like you know that suffer from the the systemic the systemic racism of Hollywood, but then also the systemic issues of Hollywood. Period. You know, mm-hmm. then these are gonna be the only things that are ever talked. If we continue right. to talk about them, they're the only things that are ever talked about. 
Damn. And, but it's set up that way because like I didn't know I didn't know Charles Lane existed. I didn't know there mm-hmm. were other black directors besides Spike Lee and Robert Townsend because Spike Lee didn't it doesn't talk about that in his autobiographies. And white film professors sure as hell don't. Yeah. But there was like a whole bunch of them at that time who made feature films that we've just never heard of. And that just never make our it's it's systemic. I mean, Damn. yeah, it's all the things we say it is. Yeah. You know, I, I normally I normally like do a little letter to Hollywood, but I feel like I feel like I need to stop. I feel like in all honesty, <laughs> I mean I mean this in it is it is one thing that I battle with, like, you know, um a lot of the elders of my of my family who when they were alive who lived in the South always talked about like the beauty. It sound it's gonna sound crazy, but they talked about the beauty of what segregation did for the black community. They were like, you know, people supported black. Like we had a lot of like black colleges, schools, like banks, and we all knew about it. Like right now, I think because of the Black Lives Matter movement and like there's all these chains of, hey, this is a black restaurant. These are black stores. And like now we're learning about it. But there's something to me about having a legitimate black Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like one where we are our own gatekeepers. Like I think the beauty of a Tyler Perry is, is Tyler Perry has his own green lighting power where he has his studio. You know what I mean? Like he has his crew. You can technically go live on his campus. And I'm like, man, what does it look like if the black film leaders, if you will, like got together and just made sure we will look after each other, but also the ones under it. Like you, like I watch all these like docs and you hear Steven Spielberg talk about how, he is very adamant about finding um, other Jewish uh, uh, directors and things of that nature. Like then we are, we are see someone who he meets now has introduced him to like you know a Guillermo del Toro, and now we like have Guillermo del Toro looking out for a lot of like um, Latino directors, and like now everyone's like pulling everybody up, um, and now people are nominated for Oscars. <laughs> like like literally, if you look at like the best director nominations of the last couple of years, it has changed. Like the landscape of that thing has changed, especially when it comes to like um, um, uh, Spanish directors. But I'm like, man, maybe if if we did something like that, we could pull up everybody at the end of the day. Like, you know, if we have a show that, I don't know, has a hundred percent on Ryan Tomatoes, then it's like, oh, all the black creators can support this. We can get more things of that nature. Like if we have a show written by like women, we can all, not putting the pressure on us, but I just feel like we will never. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And we are set up to not talk to each other about what our budgets are. We are set up to not show each other our movies and get each other's feedback because we're all pitted against each other, you know? Right. And, and the truth is, is that like, I, I, I think if you meet certain people from the 90s who are our heroes and who we grow up looking at, they were in a system where literally there could only be one. And I've been often disappointed by the lack of, community building that mm-hmm. some of our forebears are up to or not up to, but we really can do it ourselves. You know, like when I made my last movie, I had table readings with Barry Jenkins and Misha Green and Lena and like wow. all the black people I knew mm-hmm. to come listen and, 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 and read me the riot act on this script and look at the movie. We should be doing the same thing yeah. that Spielberg and Coppola and De Palma were doing because like, you know, why is star Wars so fucking good? Well, because like George Lucas was showing his friends every possible cut of the movie and they were helping him turn this thing that nobody was understanding that was way too fucking long that like nobody got into what became Star Wars because they were in a community together. If he wasn't in that community, Star Wars would have not been what it was. And so 
what are the gems that we are missing out on because we aren't in that kind of community? Right. Because we, we get sold this idea that a lot of these directors, you know, creators are these geniuses who like did everything on their own. Um, and, and there's very little talk about the fact that, no, there's always, there are always people helping them out, right? There mm -hmm. are always a network that they're, that they are pulling from to get the things done so that they can create the films that we consider iconic. And I will say, I, I do think that I see that happening in Hollywood, right? Like I, and it, it needs to keep happening. It needs to happen more. Um, I know I, myself, like, I've always, I've, you know, I know Astronomy Club, we are very, like, we wanted to make sure that, you know, in the different um, production departments, like, we had a diverse group of people that we had um, women in control of, um, you know, d departments where they're not always in, in control of it and things like that. Uh, but, like, after this year, I mean, like, I was like, I can do more. I can, I, instead, instead of, Instead of waiting, you know, for like certain things and being like, oh, I need to be here. I need to be there until I can do this. It's like, you know, I can go out to people who I think are good right now and talk to them and be like, hey, what do you need help doing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast Smartless on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road, ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to, to Smartland! Don't miss our new series, Smartless on the Road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. So, what are you thinking for lunch? Ugh, I can't. I'm getting new window treatments. Why don't you just go to Blinds.com? Because I need custom products. Blinds.com products are made to order, and they ship samples to you fast and free. Wow, how convenient. Tell me more. They can even verify your measurements and handle the installation. Plus, their 100% satisfaction guarantee. Well, you've convinced me. Let's go eat. I've got time now. Shop Blinds.com and save 40% on selected products. Rules and restrictions may apply. I love driving with Uber because I have access to 24-7 live support, which is really great because I like to drive at night. I like to know I have support in the middle of the night or early in the morning. I can chat with a live agent 24-7. As a female driver, I get it. You need to feel protected. And Uber has our back for sure. Uber. Earn like a boss. Sign up to earn today at uber.com slash boss. A lot of talk, at least in the entertainment circles, of mentorship um, and people trying to find mentors or, or wanting to be mentors. But I've seen it online. Like I've seen people tweet out like, hey, the industry is not telling the industry is telling me there aren't enough X, Y, Z type of people, X, Y, Z type of writers or actors or producers. Like, can you guys help me out? And and it happens. Right. Like people are like, actually, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. You know, so that kind of community building that we're doing and, and helping each other out and understanding that we actually don't have, we don't need to have this fear that somebody else's success is going to bring down our success. That's such a mm -hmm. an American capitalistic, this like mm -hmm. mentality of like this zero sum game where like, well, if you get some, then I won't get some. It's so mm -hmm. backwards. It, we, it, we've been, it's so ingrained in us that that's what we think. And even as, 
marginalized people, we still have that thing. Like, you know, it's 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 why the the concepts of intersectionality are 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 great too. Of like, you know, we we don't want to pit um, different identities against each other or make people feel like they have to choose one. You know, we can talk about them all at the same time. When we talk about Black Lives Matter, we can talk about Black trans lives mattering. Like, we don't have to. Uh, it, it's not like if these people get rights, then our rights are going to be taken away. It's not like if these people get jobs, our jobs are going to be taken away. You know, that's that's what that's such a white mentality. That's exactly the the mentality that people are like, yeah, the freaking black people are taking our jobs or immigrants are taking our jobs and like which is ridiculous because they weren't even working those jobs to begin with. You, you know ain't want I mean? that like, job, man. <laughs> so that's that's yeah, anyway. Um it's it I, I see it. I'm encouraged by it and and I, I agree. Like we need to do more of that. Anyway. Yeah, but I also but I also don't the thing I don't want to come off, I don't want to make it like it's it is our job, like, oh, woe is us. I'm just saying it is something very nice to support because, again, when I watch, man, I'm telling you, man, when you watch these documentaries about, like, some of these, uh, maybe not the best directors, right, but they get to do these big-budget movies. You're like, how did mm-hmm. this average-ass director get this part? And then you realize, oh, this person met someone along the way who was like, I got you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just think it'd be cool because, again, like, you know, if I don't know if if John is making a movie and like I produce it and John gets nominated, that's gonna help me at the end of the day just as much as it's gonna help him. It's like you get nominated for that Oscar, I produced it, cool. I have now produced an Oscar nominated movie. Like I'm looking right now, and Forrest Whitaker has been out here producing everything from Fruitvale Station to Dope to Roxanne, Roxanne to Sorry to Bother You, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing that I love. Is like you go back and look at someone's lineage, like you are doing the work. You may not be taking all the credit for it, but you are doing something to help get this stuff made. Like I know him and Octavia Spencer have been out here, like really helping people a lot. But you and know. you know, all I'm gonna say is like, you know, because the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking like, and I'm not gonna talk. I always talk about, I always talk about Hancock at the end of the podcast. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that right now. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna say, you know, like support Jennifer U. Nelson. Like she. Is a you know she's a great artist. She did she did Kung Fu Panda, Kung Fu Panda, Kung Fu Panda two and three. She my favorite show growing up, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. She was a storyboard artist and character mm, designer no. on that. I like support her work. Continue to support Amandala and 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 Golden Skyland. Brooks and Skyland. Skyland and Skyland Skyland is so Brooks. good. Skyland is so good. <laughs> we man. were we were talking before the podcast started about the movie The Old Guard that stars uh, uh, Kiki Lane is in that you know support support these voices you know talk about them oh snap somebody The Old Guard on Wiki used to be marked marketed as a sequel to Hancock actually like a direct stop why are you sequel. doing this? really why yeah it was this? on Wiki it said it was I I forgot about it it doesn't say it now it doesn't say it anymore. But someone sent me a screenshot. You just said you just said it wasn't. You just wow. said you weren't doing the Hancock. Bit. I'm not wow. doing the Hancock bit. Just just the old guard happens to have and been. Here we are. People are calling it a direct sequel to, to right. Hancock, which is, I just think is interesting. That you that, suckered okay. me into this. Yo, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> he did it. He, he laid it out. Yo, he, it was methodical. I'm so mad at you. No, I just. Well, okay. Gina well, Prince Bythewood directed this movie. We should also. She did. Say. Yes. Oh, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the old guard. Love and Basketball and um, many other f- great films. Yo. Old Guard? She directed Old Guard? Apparently people mm-hmm. said it's a really, like, I've read reviews and it's like a really good action movie. Wow. Um, um, yo, okay. It, it, is, it, is, it is time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, 
but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. So we feel like the film fully helped the cause. We give it a black fist. We feel like it somewhat helped the cause. We give it a white palm. If we feel like didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Okay. <laughs> on the count of three, we're gonna. Hold raise on, wait, our wait, wait. I don't know. Hold on. Uh, okay. So black yeah. helped the cause. White palm. Yeah. A little kind, helped the cause. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Okay. And, and nothing. And or or no, it didn't help it. All right, guys, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Five. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, four it. white palms. Uh, yeah, I mean... What, four white palms. That's the full quote. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Four <laughs> yeah. white palms. Yeah, I mean, look, it gave Amanda a credit. You know, it gave Skyland a credit. They were both great in it. It's good. Um, you know, their performances were good. But the movie didn't do squat. I mean, it didn't... Yeah. It, it, it could be used against them, you know, um, in terms of their quote-unquote box office appeal which is a thing the movie industry loves to, to talk about when it comes to stars um it also missed a huge opportunity to further a rate a race narrative like um or the racism systemic racism narrative because it didn't want to touch that at all it just wanted to kind of use the trappings of it and not really get into it so yeah that's yeah. why you get a white palm yeah, yeah, I mean, same, same. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm a fan. I also will just say, give a shout out to, cause we didn't talk much about her because she doesn't do much in this movie, but I'm a fan of my, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Catch Check? I'm not sure how to say her last name, but I'm a big sure. fan of, of hers. She's, she, I've been watching a lot of like kids <laughs> stuff. Who is she? Uh, and she played, she played um, uh, Zoo. Uh, Zoo. You. Zoo. 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 Um, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of her. She's in, like, Are You Afraid of the New Are You Afraid of the Dark? She was in That Rim of the World, that Netflix movie. She oh, don't think he's in Maybe right. as well. She's great in that. Like, yeah, I, I, she's, she's a really fun. good actor. Um, you know, and this game, you know, Amanda was a lead, but, you know, but it, instead of it being actually about, instead of it going deeper than just showing a black face, you know, <laughs> like that was problematic. <laughs> um, you know, and so, so and and the the director like I I see she has one film in development in terms of directing like you know I'm looking forward to seeing that like like more more stuff from these people. Agreed. I blame yeah. all the white people involved for this movie's <laughs> failure. I, I I think I second that. It's like I I don't blame these people of color. I think they did what they had to do. And I think now being in a system where I can see, um network and studio involvement in ways that I don't like. I'm like, I don't believe this was their fault in any way. I don't. Like, I don't I really believe this don't. is their fault in oh, any way. The only other thing I wanted to, to say, or we didn't talk about, was the Reds. Because um, there was like... Oh, oh right. yeah. They had, they had them as like one of the most dangerous things, and they were just like, they just breathed fire, fire and, yeah. and they looked like demons and, and it seemed like they were like kind of completely unthinking or unfeeling just like, and I, I was like, what does this mean exactly? I, I couldn't quite track. I mean, it was hard to track the metaphor for any of this, but I was just like, what, who are these kids? Like, do they really not think? Yeah. Why are they so easily, are they only controlled with the mind control? Like, how can he control all their minds at the same time? I don't know. It was a yeah. 
It was strange. I didn't even understand why you would need them if, like, if what's his name, Slipknot or whatever. The- Slipkid. 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 Sounds like a hey like Arnold a character. President's uh, son. Yeah. Uh, the president's son. Like, if he can control that many people at the same time, why do you need the fire people? If, if anything, the fire people. Yeah. They destroyed the camp. Like, you could just use the blue kids to hold everybody down. Like, well, uh, anyway. I mean, also, that the president, I can never trust that actor because I know he does a bunch of comedy. But now I'm seeing him in this and also realizing he's the dad from Get Out. I can't trust you, bruh. He's the evilest white guy ever. Like, you seem too (laughs) chill. And next thing I know, you out here trying to plot against me. I I can't trust Mm -hmm. you, bruh. Anyway, any last... That movie leaves me with so many questions. (laughs) Yeah. Justin, yeah. thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks for guys, for, um, for picking this film. <laughs> um, I think we had a really robust... <laughs> we actually did, though. <laughs> Listen, yeah, about, not about Peter, cinema. Not about Peter cinema. We talked about, like, you know, X-Men. It's like, yeah, Holly Berry didn't even have an African accent. Well, she did. It went in and out in the first one. Yeah, and the first gone one. in the second one. Yeah. Yo, Storm sounded like she was from like the Bay. What a, I was like, was, Yo. it's rough boots. Uh, but you know Her what? Scenes I, got cut. Apparently, the reason that that toad line makes no sense is because there were other there were other uh, scenes that would make it make sense. But about scene, toads, <laughs> I bet if Famke Jansen said the line, they would have had the scenes in there. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I wonder, is that why she's such a big part in X2? Because she had won the Oscar by the time they started filming that and writing yeah, it. So it was like, we got to put yeah. her in it. Also, but they still couldn't do anything about it. As much as yeah, I also love X-Men it's 2. Still, it's still bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> they give her a speech to Nightcrawler in the plane. Yeah. And it's, but like no character development, no like sexual interests, no like complicated life, no reason why she had an accent in the last uh movie and it's gone now like none of it if they if they're smart yo if they're smart they're gonna give that woman a spinoff give storm a spinoff because if you give her a spinoff they had several chances to do this and they didn't do it in in first class in first class (laughs) they made three wolverine movies Right. Wolverine was the lead of all of the x-men movies and then they made three spinoff movies where he was again the lead Aren't and then, Storm and Black Panther yes, in a relationship yes. in the comics? So, yeah. so my theory is if they do it properly, they can give Storm her own movie, right? And then eventually, because depending on which comics you read, she saved T'Challa when he was young. You know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. you can like the third, so fourth movie, bring her into the Black Panther world, have that big crossover. You know, I don't know what Lapita's character is going to do because technically he married Storm, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But... It makes sense. Like they become rulers of what like they can it would do also it. It'd be cool if she was African. Like that'd be really cool. If she they is. just like cast an African person to play this African character. And no shade to Holly or Alexander yeah. Ship, but that's not no shade. That's yeah. not the storm I remember. No um, man. Like yeah. the storm in that joint with the with the crazy full hawk that yo. The full hawk. Yo, just Woo! they can do it, man. I'm telling you. Full hawk storm. They have, Marvel has the rights. They don't have a lead black woman superhero, right? No. No, no there's they, no they lead. They got Tessa and Thor, but that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I guess she, yeah. Yeah, I guess Tessa. Yeah, I guess. Considered... But also, how cool would it be to see like, I don't know, 
a dark skin storm with an African accent just out here just come on man she controls the, the way was a leader she was the she was a more powerful leader than Cyclops of the X-Men and if she became the leader at one point in multiple versions of the X-Men she was the leader the, yeah. the fact that they made Mystique the big draw for like uh the new class and she became Marvelous. a superhero when she was never Marvelous. a hero in the comics. I was oh like, "Oh my god!" All right, guys. And then they, and then Days of Future Past happened, and then they were like, we "No, guys, we make can't talk Wolverine about this because I tried to talk about X Men. I want to talk about Dark Mind, so it's over. The podcast is done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Speak your mind, can, uh, Justin. Can people Speak follow you mind. anywhere? Or uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at Justin underscore Simeon S I M as in Moon I E N as in Net on Instagram. I'm also jsim07 on Twitter, but I literally don't have Twitter on my phone because of mental health reasons. So Facts. you can follow me there. I may, I may see what you have to say at some point. I don't know. I haven't made a decision yet. Yo, watch, <laughs> dear white people, get that 600, 600 increase in in hundred percent. God wow, wow, damn! Wow. I get Man. no extra money. So, but you should still watch it. And <laughs> and my next movie, uh, Bad Hair, comes out on Hulu. Uh, if that's okay with you, Jared. I mean, listen, it's okay. Yo, when does it come out? Love for real. I want to. I, like, I, I want to watch it. New Jack Swing it's coming, era. It's coming out this fall, uh, October ish. Yo, man, get it. All right. All and I then, care about uh, is people do, getting that work. <laughs> your podcast, right? Do, uh, don't at me. Podcast, don't at me. You guys have to come on it. Uh, yeah, we yeah, just started yeah. it back up. It's gonna probably be airing like in the next couple weeks. I don't know when this will air, so it might be already out. Uh, but it, you can jump in on the first season, you know, because there's plenty of people who haven't heard of it. <laughs> so don't at me. Uh, yeah. It's my podcast. There you go. Season uh, two thanks. coming soon. Thanks again. Thanks again for, for coming on. Uh, talking about the darkest minds. All right, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Uh, we got merch there. We got some some fun Hancock shirts there yes is hancock a good movie we don't know uh <laughs> james loves uh, it okay. oh, yeah my fan. favorite uh and uh if you rate and review us on itunes give us five stars we'll read your review on the air so i'm just gonna read one of these reviews uh this one uh i don't think i read this one before uh Zero uh, McCartney. Loving this. After listening to white guys talk about movies for years, I am glad I found this podcast. Silly guys, funny guys. <laughs> silly guys. A weird it's end a silly to it. Guys? Silly guys. It said silly guys, funny guys. Um, we silly guys. <laughs> we are silly guys. Uh, that was great. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for uh, listening and uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.